This is episode 258 of the AWS podcast, released on August 12th, 2018. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS Podcast. Simon Alicia here with you. Great to have you back. And I've got not one, but two very special guests this time. I've got Paras, who is a partner solutions architect with AWS. And we also have Raghu, who's from Cognizant, who leads cloud delivery globally. Welcome, firstly, Paras. Thanks for having me, Simon. And thanks uh, for joining us again, uh, Raghu. Yeah, thanks for having me, Simon. No problem. So, uh, Paras, uh, it's been a while since we've had a chat. So, uh, what have you been up to lately? Yeah, uh, great question. Thanks for having me back, Simon. It's been, you know, it's, it's been really interesting. It's still day one for me. Um, I've continued to enjoy working with our customers and partners, helping them architect highly scalable and fault-hardened architectures on AWS. In the past few years, though, I've seen a significant uptick in innovation from our customers uh, and partners using our serverless uh, stack of services to modernize their application stack. And I thought it would be great for our listeners to hear more about that from one of our leading partners. Yeah, I think that it's a good idea. We'd like to see where technologies get applied. So uh, hence, uh, while well, we've got uh, Raghu joining us, and we'll, we'll get to you shortly, mate. But um, firstly, maybe let's demystify for those who sort of aren't aware what uh, what we mean when we talk about AWS serverless. Yeah, so serverless means, right, uh, it's basically uh, AWS's way of taking undifferentiated heavy lifting away from our customers. So, you know, we got four, four, four key tenants that, you know, anytime we look at a service and you know, we make sure that it qualifies these tenants. So the first thing is uh, serverless basically means no server management, which means that, you know, you as a customer don't have to do any undifferentiated heavy lifting of, uh, you know, uh, racking and stacking servers or even instantiating servers, right? Uh, it's basically uh, runs as you need it, uh, and it's, it, it, it goes away when you don't, right? So that's our first tenant, which is, you know, no server management. The second one is, you know, flexible scaling, right? So uh, the key area over here, the key part is that to make sure that, you know, as your application needs grow and as your, you know, real estate grows, right, uh, on the application side, you don't have to manually scale it. So there's no need to set up auto-scaling groups, uh, or there is no need to, you know, manually go in and change any setting, right? So uh, it'll scale automatically based on your demand uh, from your application. The third tenant is high availability, right? We want to make sure that, you know, your application stays up and running at all times. Uh, so, you know, uh, the key tenant is to make sure, uh, because we architected in a way that automatically provides you uh, multi-AZ support, uh, we make sure that it's highly available for your applications. And the fourth one is really, uh, you know, for customers, when they are not using uh, an, app- an application, uh, they shouldn't be paying for it, right? So there is no idle capacity that uh, they are paying for. Uh, so those are our four key tenants, right? And, you know, if you look at the uh, AWS's portfolio on the serverless uh, side, on the compute side, we've got a service called AWS Lambda. On the storage side, we've got our Amazon S3. On the database side, we've got Amazon DynamoDB and Amazon Aurora serverless, which we recently announced uh, a few months ago. Uh, on the API side, we've got API Gateway. On the messaging side, we've got SQS, which is, uh, you know, which helps you uh, manage queues. Um, uh, on the uh, NSNS, right, which is our notification service. Uh, on the analytics side, we've got Kinesis, uh, which basically helps you ingest data in mass. And we've got Amazon Athena. On the orchestration side, we've got uh, Amazon's AWS step, step functions. Uh, on, the, on the monitoring and debugging, we've got Amazon AWS X-Ray. 
And on the edge computing side, we've got uh, AWS Greengrass and Lambda Edge. So as you can see, you know, lots of service, services which uh, we classify as serverless. And you know, lots of customers are actually using uh, our serverless stack in a very meaningful way, right? So if you think about, you know, uh, Airbnb or uh, MLBAM or Comcast or Experian or Coca-Cola or LexisNexis, now these companies are using, and several others, right? These companies are using serverless uh, stacks in very meaningful ways. Uh, so I thought, you know, it's 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 a trend that's really picking up fast, and it's great for our listeners to uh, you know understand and learn more about it. Definitely, how to make the most of it. And if if you're listening to this podcast, it's delivered to you through a completely serverless platform as well. Uh, which I built myself. So uh, I'm going to talk about that in another episode uh, in the future. But um, Perez, we're joined by uh, uh, Cognizant, who are a partner of AWS. So maybe tell us a bit about uh, Cognizant, and then I'm going to unleash Reku. Absolutely. So Cognizant has been a uh, premier partner, an AWS partner since 2011. Uh, they have many certifications. So they've got over you know, 1,500 uh, AWS certifications uh, We've got over a couple of hundred. Uh, out of that, almost 200 of them are professionally certified, which is the highest grade of certification, as you know, that you could achieve at AWS, at, uh, on the AWS platform. Uh, and then they've got over 200 customers that they manage, uh, you know, end-to-end, right, from a AWS perspective. Uh, you know, they, they take care of uh, building, uh, deploying, and managing, right, and supporting uh, the AWS infrastructure for our customers. The key thing that comes out of it is, you know, transformational blueprints, right? So Cognizant has over uh, 40 transformation blueprints that they've built over, you know, the years, which basically helps you, you know, quick start uh, a program, right? So if a customer has a mass migration need, it's most likely that Cognizant already has a, you know, so, uh, templatized solution to it and basically can, uh, you know, uh, Fast track the uh, the customer's project, right? So I thought, you know, uh, even such great great um, you know credentials on AWS, I thought you know they're, they've they've continued to do well, and I thought it'll be great for our listeners to you know hear more from Cognizant on some of the innovations that they've done on the serverless stack. Definitely. So uh, Raghu, time time to bring you into the conversation here. Um, firstly, welcome. Uh, it's really great that you were able to join us, and it'd be great to just hear a little bit about yourself and, and your role at Cognizant. Yeah, thanks, Simon. Um, Cognizant is one of the world's leading professional services companies. So we help transform our customers' business operating and technology models for the digital era. And I lead the AWS professional services and managed services teams globally. So with my team, I have an incredible opportunity to help our customers envision, build, and run more innovative and efficient businesses using the possibilities of AWS. That's great. And so you've been doing some really interesting work in, in this serverless space and for some really large customers. Can you, can you give us some detail on that? What have, what have you been building and working on for your customers? Yes, of course. Um, AWS Lambda is such a versatile service in building and running applications at scale. At Cognizant, AWS Lambda is key to our automated cloud operation strategy. I'm going to use the opportunity to share a few examples. One of our financial services customers wanted to disrupt the personal finance market through a direct-to-customer, omni-channel digital product. We help this customer to get to market quickly by adopting a microservices architecture on AWS. We used Amazon ECS as a container management platform amongst more than 20 AWS native services for these applications. AWS Lambda was used extensively, not only for developing the business functionality, but also for managing the operations. One example is microservices and container scalability. 
CPU and memory utilization are the typical parameters you would watch for. But we are also monitoring the JVM memory, Java process thread count of these Java-based microservices in addition to this. So any anomaly on the JVM heap size will trigger AWS Lambda function through the API gateway. And the function has the responsibility of automatically scaling up or scaling down the containers on Amazon ECS. Also, the application logs from the ECS servers are pushed to CloudWatch from where they are streamed to a Lambda function, which makes it available for Elasticsearch and Kibana for visualization and analytics. Automating using AWS Lambda is key to next generation managed services. And that's the point of view we are taking in automating our cloud operation strategy. Another classic example I can give you is backup and recovery. Automated backup of EBS volumes on a daily schedule and removal of snapshots older than retention period is a routine task, which can be automated using AWS Lambda. All EC2 instances having a certain tagging on non-prod and prod environments can be considered for backup based on schedule. For one of our customers, uh, a leading life sciences company, we automated the disaster recovery failover, leveraging Lambda functions. The server images and snapshots are copied to another region using Lambda functions. And in the event of a primary region failure, a Lambda function creates the application environment using these backups. Um, I'll give you another interesting use case. For one of our hospitality customers, we automated the data processing using Lambda. Once the data file is pushed by source system to S3 bucket, the Lambda function creates the EMR clusters on the fly. And the EMR cluster processes the data. And once the data processing is done, the cluster is terminated. So this on-demand creation of EMR clusters, along with spot instances, resulted in great cost savings. One feature of the solution that deserves mention is the capability of dynamically controlling the cluster size and instance size based on the workload. The Lambda function creates EMR cluster based on the parameters passed through a triggering event. That is, for example, a parameter file in S3 bucket. You can definitely see the versatility of the AWS Lambda function here. Well, another common, very common, interesting um, uh, task that operation engineers do is the scheduled stopping and starting of the servers. We have been doing this for most of our customers today. The non-production servers are usually not required to be run 24 by 7. And to save cost, you're required to be shut down when not in use. This we automate using Lambda functions. This is also done for some critical, non-critical applications in production an easy way to saving dollars. Another routine headache for uh, operations engineers is SSL certificates. We also use Lambda functions to track the SSL certificates expiration in AWS Certificate Manager. The Lambda function runs every day to check the remaining days of validity of these certificates and sends notifications to stakeholders well in advance. I'm going to dwell a little bit about, uh, into the area of compliance, uh, more specifically continuous compliance. AWS Lambda functions, along with AWS config rules, can be used to check and enforce compliance with standard benchmarks like Center for Internet Security and other internal security rules of your enterprise. Additionally, enterprise compliance departments rely on tagging to manage their AWS resources for ownership, cost allocation, and application of security rules. For one of our travel and hospitality customers, we implemented compliance bots using API Gateway, AWS Lambda, AWS step functions and CloudWatch alerts for tagging governance. AWS Lambda functions can be scheduled to run periodically to check for untagged resources or those resources not following corporate tagging guidelines. Administrators, administrators have the option of removing non-compliant resources through API gateway and step functions.
Our engineers love AWS Lambda to automate every task that it is to run applications on AWS. I can give you plenty of other examples, but on shortage of time, I'll hand it over back to you, Simon. <laughs> Thanks, Rick. That's a, a, a good list of, of things you can do. Well, it's interesting because if you, if you think about the trend with all of those, it's about really creating operational excellence and reducing operational cost. Have you got a feel for sort of the degree of change from traditional operational models that you're seeing, like the maybe uh, percentage of hours saved or, or the reliability that you're seeing for these types of systems? Uh, yes, Simon. Uh, what we, the trend that we see in many of our large enterprise customers are they are surely and started executing other large enterprise cloud migration programs to AWS. I see a lot of DevOps, CACD patterns followed during migration, and I see a lot of intent to refactor the code to take advantage of AWS services like RDS and AWS Lambda. The cloud operating models are designed with a no opposition, enabled by AWS Lambda, AWS Systems Manager, and a few other services. Predictive monitoring based on heterogeneous data, for example, infrastructure uh, logs, application logs, anomaly detection, and AML-based operations are the definitive trends I see in the enterprise space for cloud operations. And AWS uh, Lambda is, uh, I should say, I mean, say, is a centerpiece for all your next-generation no-ops cloud operations. Yeah, so the, the, the no-ops concept is an interesting one where we're really just focusing on what's important. Could be the developer experience, could be the user experience, but it's uh, it's not about building and supporting servers, etc. Absolutely, fantastic, um, Paris. You've uh, been been working for quite a while with uh, with Cognizant. I guess uh, what's next? Well, uh, so uh, lots of exciting things, right? Uh, I'm continuing to work with Cognizant on several use cases, right, including you know, migrations, application and data modernization, IoT enterprise applications like SAP and others. And, uh, you know, obviously serverless, uh, we, we've started down the path of innovating on top of, uh, uh, you know, using deep lens. Uh, there's lots of exciting stuff going on, right? Uh, that we, we can't wait to tell stories about at reInvent. Um, you know, uh, so they continue to deliver great work with, uh, with us, you know, for our co- mutual customers, right? So it's really, you know, good to see, um, you know, such a large um, uh, IT services provider, uh, delivering quality work uh, on behalf of our customers. So, you know, stay tuned. I, I, I'm hoping we'll be back soon uh, to discuss with you on all the latest uh, in, uh, innovations that we do together. And I can't wait to, you know, be back on your show. Sounds great. And Raghu, you've you're, uh, got plans to be at reInvent this year? Yes, Simon. Cognizant and our customers love the rapid pace of innovation at AWS. So we are a diamond sponsor at uh, this uh, this year's reInvent and we are looking forward to seeing you all at reInvent 2018. Fantastic. Well, Raghu, thanks for being on the show. Really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks, Simon. And Paris, thanks for joining us Absolutely. again. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. And uh, if you want to get to reInvent, now is the time to visit the reInvent page. Uh, links in the show notes. Sign up early. Tickets do go fast. It's a pretty amazing event. Uh, lots of amazing content. Lots of amazing partners to speak to. Lots of great corridor conversations. The pubs are packed always, so it's always interesting. <laughs> As ever, we do love to get your feedback. AWS Podcast at Amazon.com. And until next time, keep on building.